1: Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this eighth video message in the series, The Spirit and the Power. I am so excited about what I'm going to be sharing with you today. As a matter of fact, I first shared this message about 30 years ago. And if you want to know the truth, it it was so outrageous. Maybe I should say it this way it was so outrageously good, so outrageously Encouraging, so outrageously building people up that honestly, it was really too good for most people to believe, even though you're going to see that this message comes straight out of the mouth of Jesus. It, isn't it amazing that we we want we say we believe God's good and then we say he kills us and it hurts us and does all these bad things? We say that we believe all these things about God, but then we read words that Jesus himself spoke. And because they are too good for us to comprehend, we judge God and we decide that that we have more insight than God and that God cannot possibly be as good as Jesus revealed him to be. Well, I got news for you. Every miracle, every healing, every act of kindness, uh, every act of mercy, that Jesus did. Everything that Jesus did was the perfect, exact manifestation of God. It was all about revealing how good God is. And what are we sharing with you today? And I call it manifesting the mystery. This is going to reveal something that the honest truth is, I don't even believe we can comprehend it in this life. I think, I think we can get inspired by it, I think we can get motivated by it, but the real truth is. We won't fully comprehend this until we have crossed over and we experience aspects of God that are beyond our comprehension right now. So, what we're we talking about is one of the mysteries of God. Now, it's really important that we understand a mystery. A mystery is not something where God hides it and makes it where you can't find it. A mystery it's kind of interesting, particularly a mystery with God. And by the way, there, there are several mysteries. You know, there's a mystery of the kingdom of God, there is the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, there, you know, there's all kinds of mysteries in the scriptures, six or eight different mysteries, and a mystery, you want to understand this: a mystery is something that's kind of hidden in plain sight, particularly the mysteries of God. Now, there is the mystery of iniquity. You know there are groups that are wicked groups that that are a mystery and and they don't tell you what they're really all about until until you until you join them and the thing about mysteries is all mysteries have initiation phases and when you join a cult group or something uh you go through phases you're brainwashed in phases uh, because they know that if they ever told you what they were really about in the very beginning, you would never buy into it. So they introduce you to certain degrees of something, and when you uh, prove that you are sold out completely and accept it completely, the, the the lie that you have been told, then you go to the next phase of the initiation. And of course, what happens in the in, The wickedness of the world. When you finally get down to the end of it, you find out that what you were promised in the beginning is not true. But you are already too deep in to even think for yourself or open your mind and get out. Well, the difference is with God is this: God makes all of His promises sure. Now, the problem is number one: we've got a lifetime of carnal thinking, and one of the aspects of carnal thinking. Is that carnal thinking always attempts to uh, reduce every aspect of who God is, every aspect of God's character and nature, down to our finite understanding? And so, instead of us saying, "Oh, I'm going to open my, I'm going to open my heart to God, and I'm going to let Him bring me to a place of seeing Him bigger than I can have ever been able to see Him before." seen him greater and better. Instead, it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to bring him down to what makes sense to me. So, yes, God tells us all of the truth up front about what he is offering us and where he is taking us. But the problem is we reduce all that down to fit into our carnal thinking. And, and so, it's really, we don't get it. We We see it. We hear it. We can quote the scripture, but we don't get it. And so we, too, go through actually sort of like initiation phases, if you will, and we come into these things, and to the degree that we open our hearts and our minds, to the degrees that we take hold of a truth and make it ours and are able to live it, then and only then does our heart open up to be able to perceive the next step that we need to take in this journey. And every step in this journey with God and these mysteries of God, every step opens our understanding. It opens our heart. It causes the eyes of our heart to be able to see, the ears of our heart to be able to hear, and for us to be able to comprehend something that usually when we see it, we can't even put it into words to explain to anybody else. We can we can talk to them about it a little bit. We can give them a little bit of info, but it's even beyond explaining. Now. Like I said, 30 years ago, when I first started preaching what I'm about preaching to you today, it was just really too good for people to be true. So all I can say is hang on to your hat and just pray and ask God to give you insight and understanding to these things that I'm sharing with you. And the key thing is look in the scriptures. Are the things that I'm going to share with you today, are they really in the scripture? Now the Holy Spirit is in us. We've already talked about this. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is that when we mix the word that we hear with faith, and faith is a matter of the heart, when we mix the word with faith in our heart, then the Holy Spirit who works through our heart, then he seeks to manifest or or make evident or bring into into experiential knowledge on this plane whatever truth it is that we are, are seeking and hoping to believe. And so, what I'm sharing with you today is totally dependent upon us believing the truth and yielding to the Holy Spirit so that He can work in our lives and manifest it in our lives. You know, Colossians 1.15, uh, speaking about Jesus, it says of Jesus that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, remember, that Jesus is our model. You know, I was eating lunch with a guy today, and he was telling me about something that uh, uh, that he was struggling with back years ago. And he said, and he said, you know, I just looked and said, look, Jesus handled it this way, so I know I know I can do it that way. And, and you know, we kind of had a discussion about how many people, how many believers, can you go out with, eat lunch with, and and talk about a problem, and the way you solve that problem is by looking at Jesus, because it's amazing. For as much as we got Jesus on our lips, evidently we don't have him in our heart that much because we don't see him as our model. We don't see him as the one who can take us through all of these different aspects of, of life and supernatural dimensions. So so any aspect of Jesus, other than the fact that he died for our sin, other than that, everything about Jesus becomes a model that we are able to, to look at and and follow. And we may have to listen to God, get a revelation, understand how that works in our life. But stop and think about it. Now, Jesus is the image of the invisible world. Now, how do you create an image of something that's invisible? That's, that, that's kind of a problem. Since a representation of what is invisible is impossible it is clear that the meaning here is a revelation that that is really more than just the visible manifestation. In fact, uh, one of my very favorite uh, word study uh, books is the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. I'm telling you that that's quite a book. So it goes on to say and like I said, the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament is one of my favorite study tools for the Greek language. But he goes on to say that this word, uh, when it talks about the image of the invisible God, it's talking about something that actually gets into revealing the inner essence of God. It's not, it's not so much talking about a physical image of God that you're trying to manifest. And it's not also, it's not talking about something that only exists in your mind. So Jesus actually manifested the inner nature, the inner essence, the inner workings of God. And that is one of the things, listen, go back, read all the gospels again, and get your head on straight and remind yourself, everything that Jesus did, he did to reveal the inner nature of God, the character, the nature, uh, the kindness, the love, the mercy, all of these characteristics of God, everything that Jesus did, that's what Jesus meant when he said that he was one with the Father. They were He was the exact representation. So in Ephesians, the third chapter, and Ephesians talked a lot about the mysteries. Ephesians is such an incredible, incredible book. It reveals things that are revealed nowhere else in scripture. So Ephesians 3.9, it says, and to make all all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So there's a fellowship of this mystery. Well, what, what does that word fellowship mean? It's koinonia. It's the word where it's where more than one person shares in what actually legally only belongs to someone else so to make all see what is the sharing together of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in god who created all things through jesus christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of god might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places man i'll never forget the first time i actually uh, uh, solve this and grasp this. What God is doing through us, the call out. Now, remember, when you read the word church, stop thinking congregation. Stop thinking local church. That is not at all what that word means. It comes from the word ecclesia, which has to do with those who are called out. And obviously, it would mean those who are called out and those who have chosen to follow the calling of God to come out of the world and, and really enter into the kingdom realm Uh, There is a mystery, and this mystery has been hidden since before creation. That is so phenomenal. So there is something that really should be happening in us now, in this life, and something that will ultimately be fully manifest in the other life when we cross over, that is going to be the Greatest instructional tool that God has ever created to influence uh, uh, and reveal the wisdom of God, and to influence all principalities and powers in heavenly realm. Now, let me just say this here. Now, this is this is just my understanding of. If I'm wrong, then that's all right. But um, I really. When I look at these things that are going to be revealed, when I look at the fact that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's, that's thrones, dominions, principalities, things in the heavenlies, things in the earth, things below the earth. In other words, these things that God is teaching through the church are going to be so incredibly powerful. That's not going to just be... Um, the godly beings that actually look at this and see this and understand this it's going to be the godly the wicked it's going to be those who have chosen to spend eternity separated from god even even they when they see the wisdom of god that was manifested in those that are called out they are going to say jesus I bow my knee. You are the Lord of glory. God, you are just. You are fair. You are righteous in all of your dealings. And, and I'm telling you, there's going to be great sorrow for those who have separated themselves from God, but there's going to be great, great, great rejoicing for those who cling to God and desire to know Him and to see Him as He really is. So, what is it about the church? That is so powerful. Well, through those that are called out, and through every aspect of it, through God calling us to start with, through God out of his kindness, not initiated by us seeking him, not initiated by us praying for him, but by by his kindness and us responding to that, every being in creation is going to see how fair, how just how kind, how merciful, how compassionate, how loving, how generous God is. And we, in a renewed state where we no longer have any blinders or self-deception, we're gonna see something that we could never see while we were here on planet Earth. Now, we're seeing it to a degree but not to the degree that God really wants us to see it. In the book of John, the 17th chapter, and here comes here comes the dynamite. In John 17, 22, Jesus says something that I've never met many people that believed. Even after they read it in the Bible and saw that these are words spoken by Jesus, it is just too good to comprehend. But part of it is because we don't really understand some of the words we don't really we don't dive in and take a deep dive and figure out as much as we can we don't let the holy spirit teach us we don't you know what i mean we just look at it and go oh i can't get that no 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 that can't be true that cannot be true now we've talked a lot about the glory of god and you know like i've shared with you if you look at the glory of god i'll I'll never forget i was using a affairs lexicon this was back before we had computers And when I looked at the word glory, which in the Greek is the word doxoph, from which we get the word doxology, man, I'm telling you what it was. It was I don't even know how many different uh, ways the word glory could have been expressed or or, or interpreted: the brightness, the splendor, the greatness, the majesty. In other words, you know, there's all of these words about kind of. Uh, non-tangible glory, if you will. But as you read through this, eventually, as you're going down through this list of, of how you could interpret the word glory, you come across three concepts that actually bring all of these other pieces together. And these concepts are the view, the opinion, the reality. And so you start understanding that all of these other manifestations of the glory of God, they manifest because that is God's view. That is God's opinion. Even when everything in this natural physical realm says something else, God says, no, I I have an opinion. Even when you're laying in in a bed sick, God says, "Uh, I got a different opinion healing is yours. Even when you are broke and you don't know how you're going to make it to your next meal, God's got a, he's got a different view of the situation and that uh, I am there to meet your needs. I am Jehovah Jireh, by the way. In other words, it doesn't matter how we see it, how we perceive it, how we think it is. All of these aspects of the greatness of God only come to life in us when we surrender our view and our opinion. You know, the Bible talks a lot about about humility and the value of humility. Humility is not when you walk around with your head hanging down and say, oh, oh, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. No, humility is the ability to surrender your view, your opinion to God and accept His view and His opinion. And when you accept His view and His opinion, then you stop seeing with your eyes, and you start perceiving with your heart, and you begin to perceive exactly what God perceives, and to the degree that that becomes the reality in your heart, uh, then it becomes the reality in your life. So, think about glory. Don't, Don't think about glory as just something that's shining. Think about glory as all of these majestic aspects of who god is but they exist because they are his reality they are the way he sees it and the way he sees it is always 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 glorious so it says this now this is jesus speaking he says the glory which you gave me i have given them <laughs> whoa wait a minute wait a minute no 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 that can't be oh well, actually, it. It can be, but if we stop right there, then we're not getting what he's really saying. Now, what was the glory that God endowed in, in, in Jesus to have? Well, because Jesus chose to surrender his will to God's will, because in every situation he always chose to recover sight and see things that God that God saw then the result was that God could manifest in him. So so let's look at this. The glory which you've given me, I've given them, that they may be one just as we are one. See, the glory of God was manifest in Jesus because he became one with him. One mind, one thought, one intention, one purpose, one truth. And so to that degree that he harmonized himself completely with God, to that degree, then the world saw the glory of God, not because there was a light shining behind his head, but because he was doing the glorious things that God would do, healing the sick, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, uh, ministering to the weak, the sick, the poor, Uh, The oppressed of every kind. The glory of God manifests, and and what all of this principality and power are learning as they observe is that God is always pouring his kindness out on an undeserving world that just opens their heart and wants it. But do you remember all of that happens because of the Holy Spirit flowing through us? And remember, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and He manifests the glory of God in us by transforming our nature and our character. And but he also glorifies God through us by manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit and touching a hurting world and healing them. So in verse 23, he says, so in verse 23 he says, he says, uh, I want them to be one, just like we're one. And in verse 23, he says, I and them, and you and me. That they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them uh, as you have loved me. Now, remember that word perfect, almost anytime you come up on the word perfect, it is not talking about flawlessness as much as it is talking about something that is reaching the goal or the intention. And so Jesus is saying, Here is the way the glory will manifest in you to the degree that you align yourself with God so that his intentions for the Holy Spirit being in you, being upon you, working for you, his intentions are fulfilled. And when people see this, the world will know that you, that God loves you just like he loves Jesus, that God relates to you, God uses you just like he does Jesus. Now, I could spend hours on this, and I have preached some messages that, that lasted hours on this, but I'm going to let you pray and sort some of this out for yourself. In John 17, verse 20, he says, now, look, I don't, I don't pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. See, the world believing that God actually sent Jesus really is dependent upon what we are showing to the world and whether or not the world believes that Jesus sent us. There's just oneness goes from the Father, you know, up to the Son, through the Holy Spirit, through the believer. It says, We are all one. I am living. I am thinking. I am moving. Everything that I am doing, I am doing as much as I know and understand. I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit, but I am seeking to express the true identity, the true nature, and the true character of Christ. Verse 23 says, He says, In them, in you and you in me, that they may be perfect, and that the world may know that you have sent me. Listen. In the book of First John, seemingly out of nowhere, there's a verse that I can remember for years. I didn't I didn't even think it, I didn't even think it fit. And in this verse, out of nowhere, just in the middle of everything, it says, the world has never seen God. I thought, oh, why did they put this verse in, in and what, what does this got to do with what we're talking about here? Well, because he was talking about us walking in line. And see, the world cannot perceive God. They don't have the capacity to see or perceive God. Now, when Jesus walked planet earth, he was the light of the world. And see, light makes things clear. See, the darkness kind of clouds things, makes things hard to see, makes things chaotic. Uh, uh, and, and so so when you're walking in darkness, you're really not revealing who you really are, and you're not revealing Christ in you. But when you're walking in the light, see, Jesus came as the light so that you could look at him, and that light would reveal the character and the nature of God. Well, you know what? When we live and walk in this earth today as he is, then we According to him, we are the light of God. We are the light in planet Earth. And through this light, people see who he is, and they believe that he actually came and manifested God. Man, this is so incredible. You'll have to pray over this for weeks, actually, to get your head wrapped around this. Listen, I want to invite you uh, to go check out impactministries.com. And look at this because I'm telling you, we got great materials there. We wanna help you. And plus we want you to help us. We're we're gonna raise up one billion and we're disciples and we're doing that already all over the world. And we want you to be a part of it. We want you to help us do this. But in closing, I just wanna ask you this. And you know, I've read these words so many times as a believer where it tells us to walk worthy of our calling. You know, we're living in a day where fake grace people are telling you it doesn't matter if you sin or not well it does because when you live in sin which means you're hurting people you're using people you're yielding to wickedness it means that you're saying this is who god is i'm doing this because i'm a christian i'm living in sin because i'm a christian well, you know what that's not true live worthy of the lord let people see god in you all right guys god bless you i'll be talking to you again every single week
0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.